Welcome to the Landmark Apostolic Church Podcast. We hope that this message inspires you and brings impact to your life. Enjoy the message. Luke chapter 5, verse 1. And it came to pass that as the people pressed upon him to hear the word of God, he stood by the lake of Gennesaret. He saw two ships standing by the lake, but the fishermen were gone out of them were washing their nets. And he entered into one of the ships, which was Simon's, and prayed him that he would thrust out a little from the land. Somebody say, a little from the land. Shallow waters. Not too far out, just a little from the land. And he sat down and taught the people out of the ship. Now when he had left speaking, he said unto Simon, launch out into the deep. Everybody say, launch into the deep. And let down your nets for a draught. Simon answered him, said, Master, we've toiled all night. Caught nothing. Nevertheless, at thy word, I will let down the net. When they had done this, they enclosed a great, great multitude of fish and their nets break. And they beckoned unto their partners, which were in the other ship, that they should come and help them. And they came and filled both the ships so that they began to sink. I just want to preach to you a message that I've entitled, Launch into the Deep. Launch into the Deep. Kind of got a water theme going on today fishing theme. (laughs) Uh, That's how it works when the Lord is in it. Amen. You may be seated today. Um, I never, I, I, I never hope that a message has no impact, but today I, I feel that we are really in a position here where um, this message could have great effect upon us if we receive it in the way that I intend to deliver it to you today. Um, This message is not not to chastise anyone. I don't want anybody thinking that. However, I do feel like we need to be challenged by the Word of God today. And therefore, that's what I'm going to do because that's what I feel to do. And so I just, at the outset of this, I just want you to know and understand that that as I'm preaching this, I want you to receive it in the proper spirit today. Launch into the deep. Growing up, we had a small pond behind the house. We had a a great childhood. My sister and I lived kind of in a rural area. Uh, We had great neighbors good friends, and we lived outside of town enough to where we got to enjoy a lot of the things that country kids get to enjoy. And one of the things that I always enjoyed growing up where we did was that right down behind our house, there was a little creek that fed into a small pond that had been dug out years before I had even been born by the man who built our house originally, and then my parents bought the little small house that 
that he had built and then eventually added on to it. The, the pond, as I go past it today, is all grown up and it's, it's got trees out in the middle of it. If you drove past it today, you probably re wouldn't recognize it. And it certainly doesn't look like it did when I was a small child. And the reason that it looks the way it does today is because it was a shallow pond. And I remember being a kid, and I was, I was a kid that liked to be outdoors a lot. I was an early riser as a, as a child uh, and always was up before most of the neighborhood kids were up. And uh, I would sometimes find myself bored. And so I loved fishing from a very young age. My father took me out fishing, taught me how to cast uh, a lure out into the water and reel it in, taught me how to take a fish off of the uh, off the lure without, hopefully without jabbing myself with the fish hook. And occasionally that did happen. Of course, if you're out there very much at all, you, you understand sometimes it can be uh, a little treacherous at times with uh, a fish that is trying to get off the lure and back into the water that he, he uh, can survive in. He's trying to get away from you. And so uh, there were many times that I went out to that little pond and I would take one of the rod and reels that we had in our garage and go down behind the house and I began to fish. And it was such a shallow pond that it didn't take very long before a, a moss began to grow. Uh, you know, moss doesn't grow out in deep waters. If you want, a, if you want to ever dig yourself a pond, the thing that you need to do to keep the moss from growing up around it is to have very steep edges. You don't want the light to be able to shine through the water and hit the bottom and then begin to grow uh, algae and, and moss and those types of things. But this pond was so shallow that I would go down there, I'd find a spot, and a lot of times I'd have to drag it back through the moss and pull it out and pull the moss off. And you know, I'd sling the, the lure out into the open water there out towards the middle where it was a little bit deeper, but quite honestly, that, that pond, you could pretty much walk all the way across it. And the reason I can tell you that is because I, I've done that before. I've, I've been out there and, and fell off a little raft that we had or whatever, uh, only to find out that it was only about four foot deep out in the middle, maybe five foot in certain spots. It got a little deeper down to where it went underneath the highway and channeled through and went over into the next pond. Uh, over by the, the golf course that was nearby. And so I would always fish out of that little pond anytime I was bored. And, and I enjoyed catching the little bluegill out of there and the occasional small catfish. But uh, to this day, I don't remember ever going down there and landing a large bass or any kind of a large fish out of that pond. And, and the reason uh, that I never caught anything big out of that pond from all the hundreds of times that I'd fished down there and seen other people fishing down there, uh, I'd never seen them catch anything large either, was because it was a very shallow pond. I caught the small fish. I had to be satisfied with the small fish. That's where I kind of learned how to fish, was right there in that little pond behind the house. There came a day when we were invited to go out of the country. We got to preach over... Uh, in uh, some islands off the coast of Florida. And so we went down there and uh, preached that weekend for the missionary that had invited us down and spent a, a few days extra. And one of the things that I remember was uh, him putting together a fishing excursion. We went and paid a, a boat uh, captain and his first mate, along with some other people that we did not know. And they took us out into the deep, 
seas of the Atlantic. Well, I say deep seas, probably wasn't deep sea, not really deep sea compared to what it can be. But they took us a, a few miles off of the coast of the island that we were on, and we began to fish. And what I can tell you is, is I was catching fish that I had never caught in that little pond behind the house. I can remember one person latching onto a fish and, and pulling in a, a fish that was five foot long. All of our eyes were as big as saucers. I mean, we were all in awe. We were, we were cheering this guy on as he was reeling this thing in. He was pulling on it. It was, it was fighting him. And some of the fishermen that are in here, your, your mouth is kind of watering right now because you like to go out and fish. You know what it feels like to land that, that big mouth bass out on the lake. You know, that, 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 that old fish that's been there for a long time, and he, he doesn't just bite on anything. He's not survived this long because uh, he, he has learned how to stay away from trouble. And so we were out there catching fish that was bigger than anything I had ever caught before. I have to admit there were times, though, when I was a little bit uncomfortable I'm used to a John boat. Put me in a little John boat, a little flat-bottom John boat, and throw me out on a little lake someplace, and, and I'm okay with that. But we were on a ship that was bigger than anything I'd ever been on before, and we were riding some waves that I were, were bigger than anything I had ever dealt with before, and, and I'm, a, I'm a landlubber. I'm not a, a sea-going man. I, I was out there, and uh, I can remember the captain telling me, you know, hey, listen, if you'll just look out across, you know, it'll help you not get so queasy. And I was getting a little queasy at times, but not so queasy from the waves as I was from the first mate who looked like he had just broken out of Alcatraz and escaped. He looked like he could have slit all of our throats and used us for fish bait. So I'm out there with strangers in a strange place using strange bait and somebody else's tackle. But man, the thrill, the thrill of catching those big fish was something that I've never forgotten how it felt to, to land something that was bigger, that fought harder than anything I'd ever, I'd ever tried to catch before. It was so fun to, to reel those things in. And, and the great part about it was all I had to do was reel it in because they said, we don't want you touching anything out here. Don't you touch a single fish, we'll take the fish off for you. The reason why I found out later is just about everything that we hauled in had teeth or had a poison stinger or something on it where it could defend itself and you were its enemy. Now, I had a lot of fun plinking around in the shallow waters, but what I found out is you just can't catch what you can when you get into the deeper waters in the shallows. There's something about the shallow waters where I was able to learn, but there came a point in time where the shallow waters did not suffice my need as a fisherman. There came a time where I had to meet a new challenge. Amen. I believe that we are at a point in time in this church where we are being called out of shallow waters into some deeper waters. I believe that God is wanting to take us out of some shallow places and push us out into a place 
where we can catch some things that we've never experienced before. I don't believe that we've achieved what the Lord wants us to achieve yet. If I did believe that, we wouldn't have a building fund. There wouldn't be a picture up on the back wall with a little thermometer that says, says how much uh, we've, we've raised to go towards the new church building. We wouldn't go through the trouble of buying some property. We wouldn't deal anything. But I believe that God is looking at where we're at. And he says, now I've taught you some things. I, I've, I've, I've put you in a place where you can learn a few things. Now it's time for me to push you out into some deeper waters. We may not be be super comfortable with it, but it's a place where God is going to show himself as God. I'm not saying for a moment that we're doing anything wrong. We're not doing anything wrong. But what I am saying is there is a danger in becoming satisfied with a small catch here and there. Something just to keep us from getting too bored. Something that just will help us kind of feel like we're doing what the Lord wants us to do. And we're getting by and maybe we're growing a little bit or maybe we're at least holding our own. You know, the last couple of years have kind of knocked the wind out of a lot of people's sails and we're no different than anybody else. We've had to deal with everything that we've come up against. But I'm telling you what, there is nothing that is going to stop the revival that God wants Landmark Apostolic Church to have. There's no demon in hell. There's no devil and his imp that can come against the church of the living God. But we must go out into deeper waters. One thing is certain. There's no big fish in the shallow ponds. There's no big fish in the shallow relationship with God. He said, I want you to launch your ship out. God's looking for those who aren't satisfied with just sitting on the edge of the boat and feeling the water with their toes. God's not looking for somebody that's, that's got one line that's satisfied by catching some little fish that wouldn't even fill up a skillet. He's, when he says, I've got more than you can contain in your, in your vessel, we kind of know what that feels like. We've been at the place in this vessel here, this, this, this ship, this church, this building, this facility. We've been at the place in, in here where we felt like that, where, hey, we're going to bust out the seams, the walls, are, but we got a little more elbow room right now. I look out here, and it still looks great. It's very full. We've uh, uh, got a lot of people that are here. That's great, and that's wonderful, but God says, you know what? I'm going to put you in a place where this ship is not going to be able to contain if I can get you to launch out into the deeper waters, if I can get you into a deeper relationship with me, if I can get you into the place where you're willing to do what I ask you to do, even when it doesn't seem to make sense. Verse 3 says that before they went into the deep and they caught the fish, that Jesus, he asked them to thrust out a little from the land and he sets down in the boat and he begins to teach the people out of the ship. He does something very important here that I believe that we need to recognize. Before the deeper waters first came instruction, 
First came teaching. The teaching, he taught in the shallows. There is a purpose in the beginning of every new believer's life where it is important for them to be in the shallow things. There's an important time in every believer's life where it's okay to drink the milk of the word. I think that we are foolish if we expect a babe in Christ to take down, sit down and take a four-course meal of steak and potatoes. There's a time in little Reddick's life right now, the, the newest grandson, just a couple of months old, right at it. He's not eating the meat that we eat. We had a beautiful meal the other night. My wife, we celebrated Thanksgiving a week early because everybody kind of goes this way and that way, and we don't know quite what's, what's going to happen on Thanksgiving Day, and, and we're getting ready to kind of take a little trip to celebrate our 35th wedding anniversary, and so that's kind of getting thrown in there. And so she said, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do Thanksgiving dinner a week early, and everybody can come over, then everybody can scatter and go to wherever they need to go on Thanksgiving Day if they need to now. That being said, we are having a brunch at our house early morning, and everybody's coming back because my wife is an awesome cook. Easton, Easton's shaking his head, yes. This is the first thing I've got him to, he's amen me for the very first time. I start preaching about his grandma's cooking. <laughs> Reddick didn't have what everybody else ate. Why? Because he can't handle it yet. There is a time in our lives where the shallows are, are a place where we need to be, but we're not intended to be there forever. There comes a point in time where good church just isn't good enough. We're just coming and gathering together and shaking the same five people's hands over and over and over again isn't good enough. When God has a revival in this world that is going to take place where hundreds of thousands of people are going to be baptized in the name of Jesus, it's going to take a church that knows how to get out and be launched into the deeper things of God. I often go back to my boyhood for stories that I can use to try to convey the idea that I have. And I go to one here. I, I didn't grow up swimming, learning how to swim like the average kids that go to the local pool and take some swimming lessons or learn in a swimming pool in the backyard or the neighbor's swimming pool. No, my, my experience was a little bit different than that. We had a strip cut behind my grandparents' farm where they had gone through there and they'd, they'd stripped all the coal out. And then after they were done, I can still remember being a very young child, remember just being able to barely see the top of the drag line as it was down in, in that, that, that strip mine where they dug down into the earth and they, they carved out this big section, took all the coal out. And then when they were they were finished taking all the coal out. They reclaimed it all, and so they fixed it all up and, and uh, allowed the water to begin to come into there, and, and, and it made a, a beautiful, beautiful strip cut behind my grandparents' uh, place out there. But the thing that I remember about it was the old road was still there, and where 
My dad uh, would take us swimming was in a place where the road went down into the strip cut. Now, the, the further you went down the road, the deeper the water was going to get. So dad kept us right up by the edge. He would take me and put me in one of these, these uh, life jackets. Anybody remember the, the, the ugly orange life jackets? They got cool stuff now. Now, floaties have never been cool. I don't care. That's kind of like a fanny sack for your arms, you know. But fanny pack. I'm glad I don't know what it's called. You talk about being masculine. I have no idea what a fanny sack, fanny pack. I got no idea. And put a backpack on me. I'm a man. My dad would take that orange life jacket and he'd put that on me and I'd go out there and, you know, walk around, try to swim a little bit. And Dad, can I take this thing off? It's uncomfortable. No, you got to keep it on. And, and then he'd take the boys uh, from the youth group out on a Sunday afternoon and, and he'd built this raft, this nice raft. And he had 50-gallon barrels underneath it and a little, uh, I can still smell the, 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 the exhaust from that old motor that he put on there. I think it's permanently up in my nasal passages. I can still smell it when I think about it. And he would get us out in, into the middle of that strip cut where the water was really deep, but, but he wouldn't let me take that off. And so we'd go back up into the shallows, and he'd leave me up there, and I'd play around the shallows and throw rocks and sling mud and do whatever I could do because I couldn't swim yet. But there came a day uh, when being in the shallows wasn't good enough. Now, I wasn't ready early on. You don't teach somebody to swim in 90 foot of water. You teach them how to swim in the shallows. We've been working with, with Easton. He's finally learned uh, to, to kick pretty good in, in the swimming pool. And we took him from a fairly young age, and we'd put our hand underneath his belly and just hold him. It wasn't in 50 foot of water. It was in five foot of water. The shallows have a purpose. It's okay to start out in the shallows. That's a place where we learn things. It's a place where we can be taught. It's a place where we can be instructed. There came a time for the shallow waters to be left behind. You know, to some, the deeper waters can scare you to death. And I have to admit, sometimes when I think about the future of where we're headed in this church, I get a little anxious. I get a little nervous. It's an excited nervous, but I just have to be honest. Uh, you know, we're in a very comfortable place right now. We've been debt-free for quite a long time. Man, that feels great not to have any great huge weight and let all the, the tithe payers say amen. That feels really good. It feels really good to, to, to look around and, and see this church and feel like, man, we've done something here. This place is full. 
And we can look at that and say, we've arrived, but no, God has some things for this church that can only be attained if we are willing to, by faith, launch out into a place we might be uncomfortable with, a place where we might have some fears, but we are trusting and obeying what the Lord has commanded us to do. Peter says, I've already been out there. I've already done this. I've tried this. What you're telling me, Jesus, makes no sense. Nevertheless, that's a powerful word. That is a powerful, life-changing word. When the Lord asks you to do something, you don't understand why he's asking you to do it. You're uncomfortable with the very thought of doing it. But God, I've never taught a home Bible study. God, I've never witnessed to somebody. God, I've never done this or done that. Whatever it is that God might be trying to get you to do, it may feel a little bit uncomfortable. You might be slightly afraid. Amen. We just want to keep our place where we can feel the earth underneath our feet. Well, we, if we can't, you know, we just like to play around a little bit, but God says you'll never catch the big stuff. You'll never fill your ship in the shallow waters. I will never forget the day. Never forget it. When I'm finally able to take that cumbersome life jacket off. I'll never forget the nervousness I felt intertwined with the excitement that I felt. I was finally going to be like the big boys. I was finally going to fit in. I was finally going to be able to do something without assistance from this cumbersome orange thing around my neck that practically choked me anyway. I might as well drown. I'm choking. I was finally able to jump out into the deep waters. I found something out. I found that my fear of the deep left when I got into the deep. Have you ever been anxious about going someplace or doing something, and then when you got there, it was like, this is the most awesome thing I have ever done in my life. This is the greatest place. Have you ever discovered something by accident and just been nervous about it, going in, thinking it might just be the worst decision of the week, only to find out that it was the best thing that you had done in 10 years? I believe that that's what God is calling us to do. He's not putting us out there by ourselves. Amen. He's not sending us out there alone. No, he's going with us wherever we go. God has called us into the deep. He's given us the the, uh, admonition to go into the deep, but he's not sending us out there by ourselves. The Lord is with us, church. He is with us. He is in us. He is working through us, and his power and his might shall be accomplished. Don't fear what God is calling you into just because it's different than what you're used to. However, I want you to understand today that the deeper things of God don't always come easy. 
Luke 5 and 5, Simon said, Master, we've toiled all night. We've taken nothing. Basically, what he's saying, we've wasted our time. And now you want us to go back out there again? You ever felt like that? You felt like what you've done for the Lord has been wasted? You've witnessed and asked somebody to come to church with you and they've ignored you? Or they've said, I'll, I'll be there or I'm coming and they don't show up? Or, or, or you've tried to reach out with love to somebody and show compassion to somebody only to be rejected over and over again? You tried to do the right thing and it's blown up in your face? There's times like that where you can feel like your efforts are in vain. They were just cleaning things up. We're done for the night. We've got nothing to show for all of our work. Let's wrap it up, fellas. Let's clean these nets and let's go home. When Jesus says, hey, Simon, I need to borrow your boat for a second. Can you just take me out and, uh, uh, right here off the edge of the waters and, and to the shallow areas here, and, and I'm going to talk to the people that have come to hear me? Sure, Simon felt exhausted defeated from his unproductive night. Thank God he had enough good sense to be obedient to Jesus even when all the signs pointed to the probability that they were going to waste their time doing what he told them to do. Maybe you've sought for an answer. Maybe you've asked God for years for something and it hasn't happened yet. Ask again. Listen to the sound of his voice. Take your need to the Lord. Maybe you've reached out to somebody that has rejected you. Reach out to them again. Maybe you've, uh, maybe you've got a loved one that needs God and, and you've tried to direct them and they have shown you nothing but, but spite. Reach out to them again. Your efforts are not in vain. Anything that you ever do that God commands us to do are never in vain. Everything that you do has purpose. Even if you don't get the response you desire, go out and do it again. God doesn't just say, I want you to go witness one time and if it falls through, forget about it. No, he says, I want you to keep on doing what I ask you to do. I've given you a perpetual command. The world needs the church, but not just any church. It needs a church that understands the deeper things of God. It needs a church that's willing to step out into some tough places and handle the things of the day. Our music come today. I'll never tell you that deeper waters are easier. I'm not going to sit here and tell you that our future is going to be a cakewalk. I'm not going to sit here and tell you that building a new church is going to be simple and easy and not going to cost us anything. But I will say that I do believe that our future is going to be a future where we are catching things we've never caught before. You know, I can stand up and I can, I can teach all I want, but if you don't catch what I'm teaching, I can throw it out there. It doesn't matter what is taught if it's not been caught. 
You got to be able to catch what is being taught. You got to be able to take what is being taught and apply it to your life. Those men are weary with fatigue. Nevertheless, that's your word, Lord. I don't believe that we're doing what we're doing on a whim. I don't believe what we're, what we're trying to accomplish is something that is just to build up a man or leave a legacy. No, everything we're doing is about following his perfect will for this church. And this ship isn't big enough. This ship is not big enough to contain the catch that God yes. wants us to have. This facility is just simply not big enough. I love it here. I would never move if it were up to me. I like this. This is the first church I ever walked to, into and was the pastor in. And the day we walk out of this church, there's going to be a little part of me that just dies on the inside. As we step out into some deeper things, into a new realm, there's going to be some things that make us uncomfortable. There's going to be some things that we're going to have to try to comprehend and understand along the way. But very quickly, all the weariness will be laid aside when we start seeing the nets fill up. <laughs> Don't you tell me that those men that were out in that boat, <laughs> don't you tell me that they didn't get excited when all of a sudden all their night long was wasted, but now they've got a net that is so full that they've got to call and say, it's too big for our ship. I, it's, it's going to be more than what our ship can handle. Amen. I believe that this church could have such a great revival and such a great impact on our city that it doesn't just fill up our church. It starts filling up the church down the street. It starts filling up the church down the road. It starts filling up the church across the side of the county. I believe that we have a hall that God wants us to receive. He said, launch out into the deep and let down your nets for a draught. You know what a draught means in the Greek? It means for a haul. Haul him in. Haul him in. You ever had somebody fishing with you? Come on, bring him in. Haul him in. Jesus is saying, you're going to let down your nets. I know what you're thinking, but I also know what's out there. When we pull those nets in, it's not going to just be strangers. Thank God for the strangers that walk through the door. Thank God for the drug addicts that come in. But I think it's going to be some of your children. I think it's going to be some of your spouses that are in those nets. Hey, this thing is worth getting out into the deep. This thing is worth being uncomfortable over. This thing is worth a, a little bit of inconvenience because the excitement is going to replace the fatigue. All those years of asking, all those years of praying, you're going to pull that net up and it's going to start to fill up your boat and you're going to see people in that net that you never dreamed were going to be there. And some of them are going to be people that you prayed for until you almost gave up on, but don't you give up. You just keep listening to the word of the Lord. You just keep worshiping the word of the Lord. You just keep learning and let him launch you into the deep. 
Would you stand with me today? Let us not be weary in well-doing. Man, oh man, I struggle with this one. Oh. God, help me not to be weary. Physically, the body just gets tired sometimes. The word tells us don't become weary in doing the right thing. Just keep on plugging away. Keep on doing the right thing even when you don't see the results you want to see. Keep on doing the right thing when you don't hear what you want to hear. For there's a season coming where we're going to reap if we faint not. Yeah. You know, they could have walked away and said, God, we've already tried. Jesus, we've already done that. Been there, done that, bought the T-shirt. We're tired. Never mind. We're going home. But they decided to faint not. They were weary, worn out, and exhausted. Nevertheless, somebody needs to get that in your spirit right now. You're struggling with things, every head bowed and every eye closed right now. You're struggling with some things, some things you've brought on yourself and other things that are just the course of life. You've prayed to God and you've asked him to work on your behalf. And you've even thought about throwing in the towel the Lord is telling you today, hang on. Launch out into the deep. You've been splashing around in the shallow waters expecting to catch something that is only caught in the deeper waters. It's not time for you to head back to shore. Hear me today. I'm speaking under the anointing of the Holy Ghost to somebody in this place right now. It is not for you to head back to shore. It is for you to launch out into the deep. If you'll faint not, you shall reap what you've been sowing. When they had done this, they enclosed a great multitude of fish beckoned their partners which were in the other ship that they should come help them. They came and filled both the ships so they began to sink. Didn't just fill Simon's boat, filled his neighbor's boat too. I wonder who it is that you've been trying to reach, who it is you've been trying to touch. Here's what I feel to do this morning. This altar call is not for not for everybody. This altar call is for those of you that you have felt like the Lord had been calling you to do something that you're uncomfortable with, calling you to do something that you feel slightly intimidated by. And you've, you've kept coming up with excuses on why 
You're not able to go ahead and go move forward with what the Lord is wanting you to do. I want you to come. I want you very quickly, come on up. If it's reaching out to a family member, if it's, if, if it's, if it's establishing a deeper prayer walk with the Lord, if it's taking on a, another fast day, if it's going on an extended fast, these are things, don't get comfortable in the shallow waters when God is trying to launch you into the deep. If you're willing right now to be launched into a different place in God, I want you to come down to this altar right now and I want you to raise your hands and the Lord is going to help lead you and guide you into a place where you can experience some things that you have not yet experienced in your life. Thank you for listening. Special thanks to those that give generously to this ministry. If you would like more information, please visit our website at landmarkapostolicchurch.net. But have a great day and God bless.